everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Good morning, Steph March. It is a blustery fall Saturday. Guys, today and that right now, I think they said it was 41 degrees, and that is the high for the day. Oh, Just I, to be clear, this is as warm as it's going to get. Do you think, though, maybe it'll freeze out all the weird colds people have had if I sound like a man? That's you are why. like the third person. Yeah, I just totally gave vitamin C to my friend Kim Cav last night. I was, she came to pick up her kid, and I was like, you need this vitamin C. Yeah, I've been pounding. The lipos, you know, kind that like in, goes into your bloodstream real fast. Why don't I have that from you? Well, because I didn't know you were sick because I would have brought it for you. Okay, because I do believe that when you feel it coming on, that you load up on the C and the zinc. Okay, and this is a Steph Meyer like exclusive, this stuff that she basically told me to get. Steph Meyer, you know, our favorite from Fresh Tart and of course, pay, you know, the... Uh, the uh, Project Green Vibrancy broth. Moves. Yep. Uh, moves. <laughs> Good morning. Meals. Uh, she's a food witch. And that's the thing that we talk about. Whenever you feel sick, we call her and I'm like, I need some food witch advice. Like, I feel like my head is going to blow up. I feel, And there's like a whole bunch of great things that are uh, just zinc and that's vitamin C. That's the lipo or... I, I'm sorry. I don't have all the right words today. Okay. So what you're going to do for Find our it. fine listeners I is know. either that or you're going to give us a little Instagram story of the bottle when you get home. Okay. All right. So we have a good program for you today. Lots of fun things. Yeah. I might okay. have been bowling with Napoleon Dynamite yesterday. You might have been bowling. I might have. With Napoleon Dynamite. John Heater is his real name. And I do feel a little bit like a loser, like... People get really fanned out about these celebrity types. You do not. I do not. And it's embarrassing for me. I feel bad for them. Now, wait a minute. You get fanned out about some things. You get fanned out about the most random things that nobody would expect. Like Like? when we're sitting there watching the new standards we're about to watch. And you go, (laughs) Johnny Michaels! Johnny Michaels! And it's actually Stephen Brown. (laughs) Okay, yes. I get fanned out about local... Which is yes. weird. Like most people would be fanned out about like these international yeah, celebrities. No, nope. This I one just literally goes... right next to John Heater, took a picture with him, hung yeah. out with him, yep. and he was perfectly nice. I went and saw the movie Jeff Eats the World. How was that? It was good. It kind of reminded me of Adventureland with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, good. Where it's a little bit of an adult, like 20 year olds, like, and he's obviously older than that, but yeah. kind of trying to come into themselves. Like he literally pulled himself out of the gutter. Oh. Oh. Well, that's because it's a bowling movie, guys. It's a bowling movie. What's interesting is seeing a movie with my 20-year-old daughter who is a film minor. And what she sees in a movie and what I see in a movie never ceases to reinforce that, A, I raised the smartest human in the world, which is, I don't even know how it happened. I take no credit. Right. Because we're like, we're in the movie and she's talking about like the literal shots of the movie. Yeah. And the way it's shot and how that translates into the darkness of depression. And I was like, wow, you got all of that from that movie. It was hilarious. Yeah, seriously. There is. I know. And that is uh, I just love like the cutting edge films that maybe aren't the mass market stuff and kind of giving them, you know, a different view of things. I love that idea. Can I tell you one more film that I saw that's uh, coming out in at Thanksgiving? That is a must see. Okay, Green Book. With oh. Viggo Mortensen yeah. and oh, Viggo Moralia Herschel. I did not I see that he name. was in that. It was so beautiful. It was a great movie. Oh, that's so good. Like, 
full, like I'd give it five stars if I could. So the Twin Cities Film Fest, you guys, is happening over the next right now, yeah. couple weeks. It's my top two an hour, too. Oh, okay, so, so we I'll won't come talk back about to it because okay. there's so many good films yet to see. Okay, then we won't talk about it. Let me tell you about the movie that I watched last night. Yes. Because I had MEA Day, basically, like everybody else in the yes, world. Yes, apparently and the airport was just swamped with people trying to get out of here. Oh, really? Yeah. Why don't we just call that a national holiday? Yeah. Let's not pretend that teachers are going to conferences. And if you're a teacher who had to, I'm sorry. Well, I just think it's funny when you have kids and you have grandkids or whatever, and they're off school and then it's in the middle of there's like no summer camps or anything else you're just like well i guess we're gonna go to an orchard yeah that's <laughs> what we used to do oh we went down and i don't know we just kind of hung out we I had a whole gaggle with me today yesterday and we ended up driving all the way down to uh you know the, the candy store i was that, gonna say jordan world's we largest basically candy store. went to jordan and bell plane let me quickly just tell you that i did go to emma crumby's and emma crumby's is dead to me now i am never <gasps> gonna recommend it i'm never gonna go there again it was it was, oh, it was, we never negatively review. It I had know. to be bad. It was, and there were, there's two. It women. was my top two in hour two a few weeks ago. Have you been there? Yes. When? Like, not in the last two years. I would say that that's my problem too, is I have not been there in at least a couple years. Okay. The it's, Scarecrow Festival? Nope. I didn't, there was, it, it's so not, it's like the highway is there and there's so many cars. And then there's like, it's, it just doesn't feel like an orchard. It feels like, it feels like a, like a like a part of the Dells or something, and then there's the part of their stuff was shut down and they hadn't told anybody. Like there was like the big area like where they normally sell donuts and everything yep. else that was just closed. There was no signs or anything like on the websites or anything, so that was closed. Oh, I and wonder if there was mean people. The two people who were trying to I was trying to ask questions about like, can I go get, you know, where's the U pick? And they're like, well, it, and then there's like no cash, no credit. You know, it's only cash or, or check. Which is fine, and you have to go to an ATM that's like way over on the other side of the thing. But they were just like short and mean, okay. and they were so tired of I everybody. And I was just like, it's not worth it. Like a twenty dollar you pick bag for uh, you to be mean to me is like yeah. no. It's just good I, to know. Yeah. So this is my thing: is I, I'm not saying it's horribly bad, and it's you know I just it's there's so many better. Let me put it that way: there's so many better. There's the kids who were there. You paid six fifty to go in and jump and play on all the. You know, little trains and everything else. But I'm just saying. So what we did was we we turned around. We went to Minnesota Harvest, yeah, which that's is sponsors. Yep. And that one is like very apple centric. Very apple centric. Like real live yep. farming. It's up apple. in the hills. There's yep. actual orchards. You really walk through, and it just it was wonderful. It was beautiful. You know, they had a hard cider bar. They had like Ooh. you know we walked through. We did corn maze kind of stuff that wasn't torn up and crazy because yeah. you know by this time of the year your corn maze is going to be a little crispy, right? Anyway, what I want to tell you is that basically we uh, we ended up doing all that. We went to the candy store. We actually drove into town and ate at uh, a poi. I took him to Filipino food last night. Oh, I know. I'm bearing the lead on this one, but this was it was really good. It's in the old. It's right next to Revival in Minneapolis. It's the old Anodyne Coffee Shop. Yeah, remember I like that place. Yeah, I do. Um, and it was uh, a poi. It's called a poi. Yeah, and it was really and it was. Packed. I mean, it's a small little space. I mean, there's probably like 50 some seats there, but it was jammed and it was such a good, warm vibe on a cold, blustery night. Actually, it wasn't cold, but it was and it was really good. And the Filipino food just we had, uh, you know, we had some bistec, some beautifully marinated beef in like lime and soy. And it was just bright and vibrant. And we had lumpia, which are those pork filled egg rolls that Alexis Thompson loves completely and crazily. Yum. Um, they've got, they have some pancit, which is just sort of a noodle dish. I thought it was going to be a soupy noodle dish. It was just basically this 
this kind of noodle dish with vegetables in there and some shrimp, and it was just like lovely. a cold noodle salad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really good. We had, and then I made them eat something that had I can't remember the name of it, but it had pig, pork belly, pork. Uh, cheek and pork ears in there and I didn't tell them and the kids I just ordered it and we were starting to eat it and one of them was like this is really good and I was like yeah it's like are these mushrooms I was like no those are pork ears (laughs) did they creep out that was the last bite for everybody but they'd eaten it before they were like this is actually kind of good they're like something's really chewy in here I'm like yeah I wonder what that is this feels like when we went to Michojana and we had the nachos in a bag and I was eating the pork skin that was not Cooked, not crisp just, pork skin, guys. Yeah, it was just, just like little pink piggy skin. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the last little bit. The movie situation. So we're at dinner and we're talking about scary movies. And I was like, what's your favorite scary movie? What was the first one you ever saw? And I had to tell them about Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Because when I was in high school, I went to Pet Cemetery with some friends. And Stephen King book. Yes. Great. And I came home and I was by my, my mom was out of town and I was by myself in my house. And I'm like, why did I do that? I basically slept with every light on in the house, like in the middle of the living room with like a knife. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's what, and I remembered that and I was trying to tell them the story of Pet Cemetery and how weird it is when you really think about it. If you guys remember, it's like you basically... Your pets no no come spoil back. alert, but it's you demonic. go and bury something in a in a graveyard, and it comes back, and it's not right. So um, we ended up. So we get home, and it's on TV. Oh, nice! Did you I watch it? Totally sat down with these teens who I'm like are so like you know Gen X or Gen Z jaded. Like they're so digital. They have so many judgments on what's cool and not. And I'm like, they were riveted. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them got picked up in the middle. One of them had to stop watching because he's like. I can't watch anymore. That's that is too freaky. That is freaking me out. I can't watch that anymore. Jake and I ended up there finishing it. And he's like, "Man, it's like the '80s were totally like that was really graphic and scary." <laughs> and it was just, I mean, he it was it, he was like that was like one of the scariest things I've seen. I was oh, like, that's I hilarious. Know. That's how I feel about the original Halloween movie. That was my first scary yeah, at the drive-in. Yeah, with Michael Myers, scared the crap so out of me. Are you gonna maybe go see the well, other one? So last night we were at the film festival and we're in the movie theater and Halloween starts at at nine forty and we're walking by and I'm with my twenty year old daughter and I'm like, let's duck in there and see it. She's like, Mom, I'm so tired. I like I have to write a paper tomorrow and I'm just I can't do it. I'm too tired. I'm oh. like, no, really, come on, let's go right now. Like, let's just go. No, mom, I can't. I'm too tired. So no, we didn't wow. go see it because wow. my Ellie is too tired. Because the twenty year old yeah, is the more responsible one than right. you. Because you that's had a radio right. show. Because I was gonna for. sneak in. Like because I oh, was already sneak well, I was in. already in the movie theater, you know, and right. I thought, well, we'll just go sit in the front row. Nobody right. sits in the front row anyway. Do you sit in the front row? We do. Oh, because we had the front row fight. Well, I already told you about the front row fight, but I told you on the podcast. Yeah. It's getting confusing about what we've talked about on the radio show. I know it is. And what we've talked about on the podcast. So download the podcast at Podcast One or wherever you get your podcast. Because last week was wow. a doozy. Yeah, last week was Sandwiches and Anxiety mean, is the title of the, the show. We basically drilled off into some serious That's all right. therapy. I guess we just do that here, too, in a different way. You guys just never hear it. We do have a great show about food, believe it or not. Yeah. Coming up, um, we're going to talk about uh, some new cookbooks. We're going to talk with uh, some sweet gals that are coming in. Oh, they're so cute about uh, their business, Darling Pickle Dips. I probably shouldn't call them cute, but they are so probably. fun and so nice. Um, and we're going to have Tim Niver on, uh, who's always a favorite of the show. We'll be right back. This is presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. We thank them. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. 
We are so excited, by the way, next Saturday to remind you that we are going to have the cookbook swap. Yes. And we want you guys to still buy tickets. That's still available. Uh, we've got the gates open. They're $10 or $15 at the door. It's like nothing. Yeah. We just did a ticket so that we can keep track of who's coming. Yeah. And it's basically also going to Second Harvest Heartland. So this is going for a good cause. So you you can knock that off your uh, list. This is basically if you haven't been to one of our cookbook swaps or don't know anything about it. This is your chance to kind of unload some of the cookbooks that maybe you're done with, you've moved past, and uh, you want to bring them, and you can get a ticket for each cookbook you bring, and uh, and then you can go ahead and have a ticket in and and pick from the big pile of stuff that everybody's brought. I will say, too, if anyone has cookbooks but they can't make the swap, if you want to DM me on Instagram, I'll give you my address, and you can bring them by my house, okay. and I'll bring them to the swap. Okay. I've had a few or, people that like, I can't make it, but I've got some books. Okay. Or yeah, maybe a location. Maybe you don't have people come to your house. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just saying. Uh, so let me just say that uh, we have got a couple cookbooks that we wanted to talk about today to kind of give you guys. Actually, there's three cookbooks we're talking about today. Um, in the next segment, we're going to have Trina Hahnemann. She's coming on to talk about Copenhagen Food, her new book, um, which is so great. And I'm I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to put that into the swap. I may want to keep it. I think you should. But put I want to keep it. No, <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, I have. But, yeah, go ahead. Oh, is it? Yeah, I have the Chrissy Teigen cravings, hungry for more. Yeah, and Steph and I both got it, and we were going to cook out of it and talk about it. And then I read through the whole thing twice, and I was like, huh. This isn't my favorite cookbook. And the reason it's not my favorite cookbook, I do like, um, there's a whole section of Thai food that she makes with her mom that mm-hmm. I like. And mm-hmm. she had that in the first cookbook too. The recipes felt kind of lame. Like um, there was a recipe for corn dogs. Like who puts a recipe for corn dogs in a cookbook? Nobody can make a corn dog better than A, the state fair or B, the frozen ones. You're just not going to make that. But as I'm re-looking at it, because I've looked at it, this would now be my fourth time, there were some things in here that I thought were worth cooking. She had a short rib uh, beef curry. A lot of, again, the Thai dishes I thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked her Thai stuff. I liked the Thai yeah. stuff. I didn't mind it. As I didn't mind it. I didn't like... My problem was I just couldn't find anything that I was really excited to cook. To cook. And it wasn't like I wasn't... You know, there was something about... There was like... The corn dog thing to me was strange. Um, but I get it if you're looking for that kind of food. It just didn't seem like to fit in that mix as much. Her ribs, you know, that's a big thing. The short ribs. People yep. love the ribs. Those looked good. Uh, the big thing that people love and that I've been hearing a lot about is the pad thai carbonara, which is supposed to be really good. I'm still going to make that. I haven't. I didn't get a chance to make that either. The red chicken curry I thought looked good. Uh, she had a, she had like a nachos recipe. I thought that was strange too. Like yeah, a sh- mushroom nachos. I don't know if it was mushroom. It just looked like nachos but i just it was just like sheet pan nachos which i thought i don't know i don't want that in a cookbook because that's such you that's so ubiquitous online i guess i want in a book this is the kind of the essence of it her first book was charming there was like there was things that were like fun and and sort of an into some of the food that was a little bit quirky um and then i feel like this one is just like she's kind of going through the motions i didn't feel as much inspiration from her on this stuff you know what you just said that crystallized it for me? Because I was having trouble finding the words. When I go through this cookbook, there's a lot of things that I cook or cook-ish. Like, you know, like sweet potato fries. Okay, I can make those. Smashed potatoes and then making them buffalo Okay, I can do that. 
Um, the whole chicken nacho section, the sheet pan nachos, the onion dip and oven baked potato chips, coconut chicken tenders. Like I make all this stuff, meatball subs, um, a grilled cheese. Like I just didn't feel like any of it. Niswa salad. Like, yeah, you know, if it's not what I want in a cookbook, I can make all this stuff without a cookbook. But that's not about the book. That's about you. You know what I mean? Like, this is why I don't cook you know Ina Garten stuff as much I don't buy her books anymore because I'm a I'm past it as a cook here's what I feel so about with Ina Gar- I am although the sheet pan cream and thyme roasted onions looked good what I like about Ina Garten though and this is why I still buy the books those recipes are foolproof they work every single time you don't time. know if those are foolproof or not because you haven't tested them I can just tell some of them by looking at it like um the sweet potato wedges there's this whole treatment where you put them in egg whites with the rice flour and then you cut the potatoes and then you move the pans around and you flip the potatoes. I don't know. Like that's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't that's understand what, what you're saying, do. but is that a foolproof or is that, were you saying, I guess I didn't understand the judgment on that one. Is that like, you think that her recipes aren't going to work? Like Ina's works every time, but hers are not going to work. I just feel like they don't look like they're going to turn out as good. Okay. Here's another example. Spicy jammy drummies. Well, you can put anything you want on a drumstick and broil it in the oven and get it to look sort of like a drumstick, but it's not going to look like it does in the picture. So, like, okay, so what you're saying is that stuff is more. You're saying that it's not going to match what the glamorous pictures have, t- yeah. have done. And I would say for Chrissy Teigen, obviously that's her her entire thing is that she's that she's been an internet sensation. It's all about pictures. It's all about pretty. It's all about you know. Whereas you know. I mean, she's a model and she's a cook. I'm not against that. But Ina has been cooking for how many years? Like 40 years, something like that. Yeah. So maybe my judgment's too harsh. No, I'm just saying I get I see where that's coming from, from yeah. the base of it. But I do think that in essence, that book is a good book for beginners. And that's my point is like, it's not us. We it, like if you can take yourself out of the judgment, it's just not for yeah. you. But it's not necessarily a bad book. I'm much more interested in the next book. Yes. That you have in front of you. So and that's kind of the thing is like I was uh, the, like the Chrissy Teigen thing. I probably won't buy any more of her books, but that's not saying that the first that those are not fun. In their own yeah. ways. Just figure out where you are in your cooking levels. I'm a little past her. I'm you are a little past her. Yeah, you are. Um, but the next one I will tell you is very much kind of my new favorite thing. And I have talked about this book before. The Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. You guys, I'm completely smitten by this program on Netflix. This Samin Nosrat, who uh, wrote this book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And she launched it as a show, a four-part docu-series on netflix it is it is it is it is awesome and people in the like washington post and they're calling it like a completely new genre of cooking show i love why is why do they call it a new genre explain why they think it's new so because basically you have a cooking show which is like the stand and stir like the giada kind of thing and then you have the uh travel show you know where it's about the food outs the bourdains and everything else um and then you have uh and then you have like um uh, you know they have and then you have like the food contest shows which are the alton browns or like the science show those kind of things this is sort of a really interesting mix of all of them, but it's also beyond all of that. It is, it is essentially full of joy, humanity, and uh, cooking. 
Like the person who it's more about the it's not about like the dish and discovering the dish and then making the dish and finding the dish. It's really about the act of cooking and then showing you how to cook, showing the act of cooking and encouraging you to do it. I feel bad that I didn't prepare for this segment by watching this show because I think I'm going to love it and I would be much better informed. And I apologize to the listeners. I wasn't feeling good this week. (laughs) It's it's okay, but this is a good thing. Because I think I'm going to like it. Well, and what's worse, you guys, I mean, like, honestly, it's four episodes. It's going to take you. I watched it all in one evening. I really would encourage people to seek out this book, too, because um, the illustrations are beautiful. It is kind of a basic cookbook. It's teaching you how to cook. But the theory that it's giving you would translate into anything. If you are a person who has kind of always, you're interested in cooking and you like recipes, but basically you're also looking for how to cook intuitively, you know, like in terms of like, I made the bolo that I made that last Sunday out of a recipe. But at this point now, I don't have to anymore. Right. And I understand what needs to go in. But I also understand the reasons that the things are interacting. And that's because I know what salt does to a dish. I know what fat does for a dish and acid and heat but she breaks it down not in just a scientific way the book is a little bit more uh textbooky in a lot of ways it's beautifully illustrated we're talking about salt fat acid and heat the cookbook but the show is both a travel log she goes to italy to talk about fat because she talks about parmesan cheese and she talks about pesto and she talks about and she makes it with people and i'm going to tell you something very very important she makes it with women this is not like a pro women, blah, blah, blah. This is just women cooking together of all ages, of all like nationalities. And it's something that you don't even notice. I didn't notice. I didn't read all the things until afterwards. I didn't notice it until halfway through Japan, which is the salt episode. I was like, that has, that's like the sixth grandma I've seen like mm-hmm. cooking. And I'm sorry, but that's where the food comes from. Those are the people who are in the kitchens teaching. And the Washington Post put, said, to put it bluntly, most travel shows are about white male discovery. Think about that. And most home cooking shows are about white female domesticity. She gently rejects all of that. Hmm. And she brings to the table about being a discoverer. Being a, it's not about discover. It's about being a curious traveler, a curious cook, and understanding how to put that back into your own kitchen. And so that's what I would say is like, watch the shows. It's not, she's not going to go through like how to brine your chicken in buttermilk, but she does it and you watch her. And you, after a while you start to think I can do that. It's totally, I got it. Yeah. I can do that. I can do it at home. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say, just go watch it. Let us know how you feel. You know, if you're going to come to the cookbook swap, be ready to talk about it with me. When we come <laughs> back, we're going to have Trina Hahnemann, uh, who has written another book. Um, called Copenhagen Food, and that's a cookbook as well. We'll talk about that when we come back on The Weekly Dish, presented by Red Rabbit and Red Cow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking, we have a little bit of a cookbook chat going on uh, because we're so excited about some of the great books that are popping up. Um, It's that time of year, holiday season time, and cookbook buying time and cookbook swap time for next week. Make sure you get your tickets. This is last week. Yes, yes, very true, very true. And it's right after the show next week, so make sure that you... And it's on our Facebook page at Weekly Dish. There are walk-ins. Like, you can, if you can, you can walk in. Uh, I think we're being joined. Do we have Trina on the line? Yes, we do. Yes, I'm right here, I think. Thanks for... Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad we could get you guys. We have Trina Hahnemann, who is a Danish food writer and author uh, and a chef, and she is an expert and an ambassador on modern Scandinavian food. She has a bunch of cookbooks, six in English, 10 in Danish. Um, last year, you were on with us talking about Scandinavian baking, I believe. And Yes. 
God, that was great. And this year, and you are talking about your new book, which is Copenhagen Food. And this is your hometown. And you are, you're kind of like going to sell the whole, like the Copen, you're going to break it open for us. What's going on in Copenhagen? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Yes, I've, I've written a book about uh, why I love my hometown and what's going on right now. And, you know, and also a bit of the history and growing up there, what kind of food I would eat. And, and then, of course, a lot about we have this uh, restaurant revolution going on right now, but not only restaurant, also coffee bars, bakeries, you know, just there's a lot uh, going on when it comes to food. What 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 is it? What do you think? I mean, we had, I guess, Renee Redzepi was just here, actually, uh, last night um, at the uh, Minnesota Institute of Arts. But what is it that with Copenhagen, I mean, you know, why is that all of a sudden becoming an international focus for the food community? I mean, of course, it has a lot to do with his restaurant, Noma, that became so internationally well-known and people would fly from all over the world to, to see, to eat there. And then, you know, lots of times you come for two or three days, so you have time to do more. And that, in, a way, in many ways, created a market for a restaurant scene because the problem has not been that we haven't had a good food culture, but it is a home culture. You know, home cooking and only going out to restaurants for special occasion has been the culture so this is actually a quite new thing that going to a restaurant on tuesday and wednesday oh. is also something we do that has taken a very long time in denmark and and for a lot of different reasons but also the strong culture of cooking at home and eating at home and seasonality is a very very big thing for danish yeah. food i mean yeah. we love it and we you know i think in america we kind of get caught up a little bit too much in things that we can get all year round but for danish food that's a huge influence we live with the seasons, both when it comes to food and the weather. So that's a very important thing. Yeah. And, and I think I think it brings a lot of joy. First of all, it also connects you to nature. It, it kind of connects you to understand that, that nature plays a role in how we eat, and that's very, very important. Can I ask... Oh, sorry, Trina. Uh, can I ask you also, it seems like that Copenhagen has really cracked open in terms of the travel scene. Are you guys noticing yeah. a huge tourist increase? It, it, it's incredible. It's, it's, there's people everywhere bicycling, speaking a language uh, other than English also. But they are, yeah, it's, it's becoming an international place and it's amazing. It's really it. fun to watch. It wasn't like that when I grew up. I tell you, if I heard anybody speak English, I would you know, stop and turn around and almost ask them for an autograph. So yeah. it's, it's a very new development. But it's great and it's good for the city. And, uh, and I understand it's a very beautiful city, you know, and, and, you know, you will if you come in the winter now. It will be all about you know the baking and the glurk and the soups and and all the hearty things that we eat in the winter and all the root vegetables and cabbage. So no matter what season you choose to come and visit us, there will be something that is specific for that part of part of the year, which I also think is is a great way to travel. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking. Come back. Yeah, I'm looking on page 169 of the book, and I turned right to curried beetroot and pumpkin. And that, yeah. to me, seems like something that is so warming and so, you know, sort of beautiful and hearty. And, and by the way, the, the book is just a gorgeous book. There's Abel Skeevers, you know. Abel Skeever? Abel Skeevers with yeah. jam. <laughs> we talk about the Christmas table in here yeah. and all this beautiful stuff. But the big thing that the Danes that we are so in love with in Minnesota, which seems to be this, like, connection with you guys, is the feeling, and I'm going to say it wrong, and you're going to have to correct Hygge. me. It's the Hygge, right? Yeah, it's a Hygge. It's Hygge. all about Hygge, yeah. Tell us yeah, a little about, in your mind, what that means. I mean, it's about the, 
it's about creating nice things for you and your friends and family on an everyday basis. So it's a little cup of coffee you have in the morning where you light the candle and take your time. It, it is actually about being. It's about at, the atmosphere of uh, enjoying life. And, and it's not about going to fancy restaurants and stuff like that. You can do that. You can create that in your, in your place. You know, I also have a place in Copenhagen where, I really, where we really try to, you know, calm it down a little, you know, making everybody feel welcome. And so you can do it outside your home, but it's also very much a thing you do at home. But it's also something you do at work. You say to your colleagues, oh, isn't it time for cake? I think it's Thursday afternoon. Let's have cake. And somebody will make coffee and they will sit down and have a break together and eat cake. And they will say this was real good, you know. Yeah. So, so it, is a, it is an everyday. It, 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 it is about, you know, yeah, I, I often say the little pauses that make you feel alive here and there during the day. Oh, I like that. The little pulses that make you feel alive. That is a quote for the day. I love it. (laughs) I know. And, and this book, you guys is just, it's spectacular in that it's, it's really a tour through the city. It's almost like a travel guide too, because it gives you an idea of, um, you know, what the city, like it talks about the different quarters and the coffee shops and her, you know, Trina, your neighborhood is here and I love the street dinner party with your neighbors. Yeah. I just, yeah. that's the yeah. kind of thing that all of us, I think, love. But it's, and I also want to encourage people that it's not strictly, you know, like old school cooking. Obviously there's like, I love no. the Nordic pizza in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with rye in the dough, rye in the dough and rye, I make it with rye flour and this and kale and potatoes. Yes, I think it's, uh, it's a modern version, but there's also some traditional dishes, and I also try to talk a little bit about what happened before all this uh, big transformation with the Noma, which places were there before that's still there, yeah. that I think are iconic and very important to Copenhagen. Yeah. So, you know, but there's also a lot of personal stories about me growing up and living in, in these different areas. So it, it is, a, I mean, it's, of course, a book that's very close to my heart because it's a very personal story also. Yeah. So, so we make uh, Ibelskjur for Christmas morning. Um, yeah. I'm a Danish person. Do they in, <laughs> Do you really eat that in Copenhagen? I just feel like maybe it's an old tradition and like we don't eat lefse here every day, but... No, if you go to Copenhagen in December, almost, I will say, 70% of all cafes will have it. Really? <laughs> I love yes. that. Yeah. And I will. I also have a small uh, place in the food market in the center of Copenhagen. And I tell you, there will be one Sunday in December where I will be there making Ebleskiver to everybody who comes and see me. Oh, okay. Ebleskiver in December and it's, it's the most important thing. And the recipe in the book is my grandmother's, so it's, it's a family thing. It oh. looks really good. Well, I'm yeah. excited to make your rye bread because I think that's one of those classic things that I've never made. And that's, I don't, why have I never made rye bread? I need to make some of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely bread to bake. First of all, it's super healthy because of the fiber and it's, you know, we need that and it's fermented. But it's also when you bake a loaf like that, it will, it will last for a week and it's a little dry in the end, but then you just toast it. And if you have any leftovers of it, you can make the, the rye porridge or you can use it in baking or you can just, you know, toast the, crumble it up and toast it and put it on a salad or use it for soup. So I also think it's a bread that's, you know, it's, it has, you know, it's just a lovely thing to have part, as part of your everyday eating. I it love that. bread. I love that. So guess what, you guys? Trina is coming to town. She's going to be here on yes. Monday. And you're going to be at Ingebretsen's, I think, from yep. 1 to 3 p.m. And then you'll yep. be, and then I think you're at Norway House in the evening. Is that correct? 
That is correct, yes. I am flying out to Minneapolis tomorrow, and I'm really looking forward to it. Good! Well, we should have some <laughs> blustery, beautiful weather for you to enjoy. So, Thank so you. you. So if you guys want to check out the book, the book is Copenhagen Food by Trina Hahnemann, and we're going to put a link up to your uh, events at Norway House, and we'll, uh, we'll still thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Trina. We'll be right back. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, 651-641-1071. We're going to take your calls on air or your comments. We're always open to comments. I I just want to let you guys know the vitamin C situation that I had talked about earlier is called lipospheric vitamin C. And it's basically, you can get it off of Amazon. You can find it on, there's like 32 bucks for a big box of a bunch of ones that you basically put into a glass of water and you suck it down. Okay. And that (laughs) works better. It works really well than just like, you know, it goes, the the deal with this is it breaks it down so that it, um, theoretically it gets into your bloodstream faster. Immediate absorption. Yes. It's about the absorption. It's maximized bioavailability delivered by liposomal nanospheres. All right. These are things. So we've talked about three cookbooks this morning. Salt, fat, acid, and heat Mm -hmm. was number one. Cravings, Hungry for More by Chrissy Teigen was number two. And Trina Hahnemann's cookbook. Copenhagen Food. Which was number three. And again, she is coming on Monday if you want to go hang out with her more. Because it's very, I mean, the book is spectacular. All right. We have a 651-641-1071. If you want to call in, we'll take your calls live on air. Stacy emailed us. And said, hi, ladies. I love the show. I have a insert gasp here, 13-year-old boy, and we want to celebrate his birthday on Saturday. His favorites are brats and kraut, sushi, and orange chicken. Any ideas where would be fun for our family? Wait, say so, it again. Sushi and kraut, or kraut <laughs> and uh, brats, okay. sushi, or orange chicken. Any ideas Wait, for what them? is this for? This is for a, a 13-year-old boy for his birthday celebration tonight. Ah, brats and kraut, sushi. I mean, I guess I would chicken. go to I, if you're doing brats and kraut. If there's like a a brats thing, I would go to the Black Forest Inn because it's a fun place and it's got crazy painted walls. And yes, it feels like you're in Germany a little bit, you know, in some little crazy little bar in Germany. Love the Black Forest Inn. They have a ton of brats. They have kraut. They've got so much wurst there. We we're just talking about how great that is. Actually, the liver discussion. There's liver there. Yes, they have liver and onions. Someone yeah. was wanting to know who has liver and onions. If you're going to go sushi, um, is there locational issues? I mean, I guess... She didn't say. I guess if I was going to go to sushi, um, I might go to Masu, um, which is in Northeast. And they have just... there Again, there's a really great vibe there. And they've got lots of great... You can get a huge platter of great, beautiful sushi there. And it's kind of fun. And, and you know, like a, a 13-year-old kid would think it's fun because they have a bunch of anime cartoons on the wall, too. Yep. Um, tell me the name and you're going to know it. It starts with a W is it, it might even be like the history of the place in St. Paul. That's by bad weather brewing. That is the brat and kraut house. It starts with a oh, W Waldemans. Waldemans, Waldemans. I think would brewery. be fun. Waldemans is tiny though. I, I know. I but, know, but I'm just saying like the thing is that if you're, there's a chance that you may not have a seat, you know, cause it's like, it's literally like 20 seats in there. No, they have more than that. I was just there last weekend. Okay. They have three levels. They have an outdoor patio if it's nice out, but it's not going to be nice out. But I guess I thought it was small that 
maybe when I was in there, it was like there were so many people we ended up standing. And I was thinking I just wanted to sit and eat and I couldn't. Oh, I'm sorry about so, that. And that's and, okay. The food we did try was good. But and it, they have really good brats there and sausages they do. They that they make on site. They have beautiful sausages. So I thought that would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, happens to be another about another boy. 651-641-1071. This is by Kathy, and she says, My son is moving into his own place, and he needs some cooking help. He likes to eat and wants to learn to cook for himself. He's done almost no cooking, so basic cookbooks would be great. Thanks. What would you recommend for basic cookbooks? First time cook. Oh, well, I mean, for me, I swear to God. Go ahead. I mean, Joy of Cooking is kind of That's my go-to, too. It's the Bible. That's the good thing to give to everybody who is just starting out. And it's it's just kind of, it's foolproof, and it's just, it's great. When I'm in a used bookstore or like Arks Valley Village or anywhere, that's I go right to the cookbook session to look for the Joy. If I find one, I buy it. I yeah. always buy it, no matter how many, because you always have someone in your life that's just learning how to cook, right? Yeah. I do want to add a couple here, and Steph's going to recommend that one that yeah, we just I, talked about, too. I was going to say salt, fat, heat, acid, and heat is really great to really someone, because it's, and it's cute, you know what I mean? There's, like, illustrations, and they talk about sources of acid, and they talk about, you know, like, cheese. It's not scientific. It's very, but it is it is very much, like, learning. Yep. Um, I think any of the Mark Bittman books too, the how to cook everything books, he's got a vegetarian book. He's got just a basic how to cook everything. Yeah. I think those books do a good job of breaking it all down. And they also give you variations of the same recipe. So yeah. there's a lot of legs to it. And then one that is just really simple and unassuming and easy, but it doesn't have a lot of pictures is Alice Waters cook simple. Yeah. Again, this is like, how do you roast a chicken? How do you prepare different kinds of vegetables? Yeah. It's just very basic, but I think for someone that's interested in proteins and vegetables could go a long way. Yeah. And I would also add that, you know, um, uh, you know, the Betty Crocker cookbook, which is I know people tend to think now Betty Crocker as in like so much processed food. All of our moms learned but to cook. That cookbook is is hundreds. <laughs> I feel like it's 100 years old. <laughs> Betty they Crocker is com- well. Betty Crocker is coming up on her hundredth birthday, and so that's something that is like having a look at that and getting. And also, I like having the idea of finding those on the vintage. You know, finding those yes. cookbooks in like in vintage stores and stuff. That's kind of a good one too. With just like don't poo poo it. I guess is what I'm saying. With but, someone's um like mom's handwritten notes in the margins. That's always the best. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Yeah, it kind of also depends on how you know. Really, kind of the things that they are. Um, what kind of person they are, if they're very much about pictures, if they're very much about, you know, they're more about, um, you know, like instruction or yeah. if it's like if they want to read a lot and then learn or if they want pictures to show them each step. It's just interesting to figure that out. My sister. Well, and now there's two cookbooks that are full of pictures and stuff. will roll her eyes because the pioneer woman, we love to hate her, but she does in her cookbook have a lot of pictures of the steps. So my sister likes that book. Okay. Another one that um, is good is Nom Nom Paleo, which is kind of a, it's not really about like just the paleo diet. Like she cooks with the instant pot. She cooks with the slow cooker and her books and her website have tons of pictures too. So it's very easy to follow along okay. if that's something that's important to you. Interesting. Um, Lots of good recommendations. All right, Steph, here's another question that came in. Okay. Uh, this person did not want to go on air, people. Uh, 651-641-1071, the best place to get hot and sour soup. Oh, 
Um, I don't even like hot and sour soup. So is that like Tom Yum soup? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think so. Um, And you had a picture, I think, last winter of somewhere where you went and had Tom Yum soup that you loved. uh, Well, maybe it's the Thai place over on University Avenue. Well, there's a lot of different. I mean, I guess uh, I think it's actually more. I think it's more Chinese, actually, when we're thinking about it. I'm just looking it up just to make sure I'm not going to misrepresent it. But I do think that there's um, God, there's some great soups, some really good stuff at Lat 14, which is the new. And there's a lot of sort of she has a lot of Lat 14 is in Golden Valley and it's uh, it's Anne Ahmed. And she also owns Lemongrass Thai up in Brooklyn Park. But Lat 14 has, I had a ramen there, you guys, which is basically, she's making her own noodles for the ramen. Yum. And it was, it was curried, I think. And it was just, oh, it was so beautiful and warming and sustaining. And she has so many great different recipes on there from, you know, different dishes from different sort of Asian cultures in that area that I feel I like liked, there was like Tom Yum soup or a hot and sour soup. I liked her, her approach too, like that Lat 14 is basically the latitude line. So it's kind of like Chino Latino where you're not locked into like any one type of cuisine. Right. It's basically the hot zone type of cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. Because that gives a lot of flexibility. I know. Yeah. No, she's got Filipino on there. She's got, you know, she's got curries. She's got Bangladeshi beef curry. She's got all sorts of good things that all are right. sort of delicious. We have Lynn on the line and we're going to go ahead and we'll take her call in the next hour. I think another one's coming in too. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll clean up the leftover calls and get to any of your other questions on the Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Red Cow. There's four of them. Red Rabbit. There's two of them. St. Paul is open. Casual, yummy Italian cuisine. Check it out. We'll be right back.